Welcome to the Crave Magazine Podcast, feeding your soul with art. Find your right path and your passion and go for it. If you're worried about getting it perfect every single time, you're not going to do anything. You have to find something within yourself and that you want to express. Don't ever say can't. The word can't is not in your vocabulary, ever. Are you willing to do what it takes to get to the next level? On our first trip to Bali, Indonesia, Jen Race and I had the incredible honor of spending some time at Simon's Art Zoo. Simon's story is way too long for this podcast, but suffice to say that American expat Simon is a true artist in every sense of the word. He has lived all over the world, reinventing himself all along the way. Simon arrived in Bali some two dozen years ago, and his love of the people and their culture is evident throughout the zoo. The only way to truly understand the art zoo is to spend some time there. It is an idyllic location in northern Bali, right along the coast of the Bali Sea. The buildings are awash in culture and color. Practically every room is covered wall to wall to ceiling to floor in art. The architecture reflects a union of Western style and Balinese craftsmanship, and Simon's presence is felt everywhere. His life as a painter, designer, sculptor, and architect is visible throughout, with sculptures of humans and deities serving as his constant companions. While we visited, the zoo was abuzz in human activity as well. Construction workers were cutting, sanding, and chatting as they were working on one of Simon's latest architectural pieces. There was a lot of life in Simon's art and in his stories, and we felt blessed to have been allowed to breathe in the wonder that is Simon's Art Zoo. Enjoy. On my feed, this morning I described the painting that I just showed you mm-hmm. as... The women pour forth in joy to visit the favorite temple that has just been restored to its former glory. This is what our lives are about. We're constantly trying to restore our life to its former (laughs) fucking glory. Sure, sure, absolutely. But when you've got an island like Bali with lots of glories and lots of formers, and that artists are necessary to prove things that are impossible to prove. Painters are necessary to show you visions of things you thought you knew something about, but which, of course, you know nothing at all about. (laughs) And that we end up in such a haphazard, sloppy form of transmission because we're not in outer space. Huh? It would all carry much easier if I shot him into outer space first. Sure. Are you ready for outer space? Let's go. Yeah, see, there you go. You, know. you get, better keep your eye on this one. Yeah. So Simon's Art Zoo. Mm. How did you end up in Bali? People had been trying for seven years to get me to come to Bali because it was where everyone went for the winter, for the rainy season. In Kathmandu, everyone leaves, goes to Bali. Wait, so you lived in Kathmandu? I lived in Kathmandu for seven years. Okay. 
and I will be having an exhibition this year in Kathmandu, except it'll be next year by the time I get to Kathmandu. Okay. <laughs> and uh, this present trip was a movement from Wales, where I was living in the village of Kamiglo, doing paintings of standing stones. And I met two groups of people that had both come from Bali. Both of them saw my paintings and said, God, people in Bali would really love your paintings. And the lady of the house really loved whatever else I had going for me. And so she gave me, for my paintings, the ticket to come to Bali. And that when I arrived here, in fact, I found out that I was ready to invent a revolutionary lifestyle. And it was all to do with Space Islands Light Industrial Studios, which is the Sillies. And we started a utilitarian fantasy movie (coughs) to do with jackets that turned into backpacks, pants that turned into jackets, you know. Etc. Etc. Yeah, yeah. Everything kept turning into everything, <laughs> and it was all brightly colored, right? So when you drove out towards Colorado and found lots of people that were standing there going, "Wait a minute! Wait a minute! I'm supposed to be turning into something, and I've already dyed myself orange." Right? You were a bit early. You were still there for ma ma ra ra. Yeah. But by the time our stuff got there, uh, it turned into a gigantic multi-million dollar movement, which was very comfortable. And uh, I continued to do my art shows around the world. Art shows are always for speculative people because usually if you have something that costs $20, you can sell it for $20. With art, people... expect to have something that costs $200, but they want to sell it for $2 million. Yeah, yeah. And so what happened? They took their bloody idiocy and went out and killed all the artists. Mm-hmm. They just slaughtered them across the ranks because they weren't worth enough. Mm-hmm. And can you imagine, I just said to an American, all those empty houses that are worth so much money in Denver, Colorado, are the artists that used to live there. And they will never be worth that. They will never be what they say they are. But they gotta sell one in order to prop up a market which is making them millions of dollars by not selling stuff. So the American thirst for speculative poverty, which they consider the next big thing, it's just unbelievable. You look at it, it's, San Francisco is the richest city on earth. It's so beautiful, it's so, bridges, every five feet, another bridge, another, <laughs> another bridge. All oh, electric lights, full of cars, full of big buildings, yeah. right? It's all debt. Nobody owns any of that, no. you know, nothing. And that's why everything's so cheap. I mean, retail didn't die. It threw itself in San Francisco Harbor. <laughs> what? Yeah, you're from Michigan originally, yeah. Um. Yes. And the Great Lakes. The Great Lakes area, and you, 
Did you so you traveled around the world first, or like how did you end up leaving Michigan to live in Kathmandu? I imagine you probably lived other places too. Well, of course, I went to school in Rome, <laughs> the Academia Belle Arte, yeah. where was the supreme model for the great artist Emilio Greco, who modeled me for the new baptistry windows of doors of uh -huh. Florence, okay. and I was the most popular nude model in Rome. In Rome? And so, in fact, I fled Rome. <laughs> and uh, that most places seem pretty fleeable to me. Sure, you know. sure. And... Uh, Not this place. I own this place. Yeah. It's harder to leave when you own it. And this place, I have to really love it very much. And there are many original things, but it's also I design and build alternative structures. Mm -hmm. So here's my story of space. Here's how I made a meeting hall, yeah. a meeting of minds in a big space with pillars. They're just screwed together, folded together, and the rest is just roll up blinds right, and plastic sheeting. Mm -hmm. But you get a perfectly beautiful mansion right, and I can take it down over there. Right. I have a complete building from 500 years ago with big emblems of a sun king on it. But it's a jigsaw puzzle which I'm just writing the proposal for how we discover our building that has there hasn't been anyone able to put this building together for 500 years. Mm. And how, because we have this space in contemplative glory, yeah. that we will be able to figure it out. And when we figure out the space, our intention is to put it on top of that building. Okay. The only thing is, the dude wants a high building. He wants to see all the way down the coast like you did for my building. Sure. But my building is made from hundreds of thousands of pounds of ironwood as giant pillars that are each of them a separate tree from Kalimantan. It can't blow away. Right. right. It's not attached to anything. You just stood them up, crossbarred them. It's a big chair. Right? <laughs> But creating buildings that can stand up and look across the ocean. We had to build three other buildings in order to get to where that building was so we could figure out how it would work. Right. And so then we could get up to it, to get up there. Yeah. People don't see the buildings that have to be built to build the buildings. Right. So in this case, wind. He thinks it's lightning. But wind, the hurricanes that come out from the ocean, they look like tornadoes. Have you ever seen a tornado? Tornadoes are spinning round pillars. They come off the sea, and if they come anywhere near you, you know, it's a hot time in the old town. <laughs> <laughs> but we've seen, we've been up upstairs and watched the people's roofs blowing off. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's just like, it's unbelievable. The roof just goes, whoa, like that. 
you know, it's not like goom, 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 which will extend the roof upstairs and make an observation deck of that first floor, which is called Bali Turban. Bali Turban. Hmm. Turban means fly. Okay. It's the flying deck. Yeah. And there's a lot of wind fables. Right? There's a lot of kite-like fables. But here, with the wind, you have to come to an adjustment. To live in Bali, you must not act like it's raining, no matter what's happening. If you start going like this, people go, oh, watch out, he's English. Oh my God, it's Canadians. You know, because they're all going, oh, it's raining. No, no. In Bali, you go, oh yeah, nice day, eh? And everybody goes, yeah. Love it when the water comes out like this, you know, really cleans things up, you know. I mean, it's pretty lucky when water falls from the sky. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, what? Where do you draw? Uh, obviously, you have a lot of different. Like this painting is very different from that, as far as like. like it's the most famous relief in Bali, which okay. is in all the guidebooks. It looks it's in the Ubud area, and it's called Elephant Cave. Elephant Cave. We go to Elephant Cave. Right next to Elephant Cave is. Uh, whatever the name of this one is, <laughs> and it will come to me in a second. Sure. Uh, it's the story of the ancient world. Okay. And I painted this painting by having the canvases made, which they're doing right now in the front of the building for another relief. Uh, this one's called Ye Sane. Ye is water, and Sane means pure water. Okay. So in Ye Sane, boy's coming by with the water mm -hmm. and he's yelling yay sane pure water for drinking yeah. yeah yeah and the little girl is opening her door and the, he's gonna pour it into her bowl oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay and then next to her bowl there she's bathing and she's dreaming of a handsome man that's going to come visit her who's got some kind of royal connection and he's dreaming of seeing her and he's got a little bottle by the time we get over here mm -hmm. he's got a little bottle that's perfume that he's going to give to the girl yeah yes and then the big monsters there and the Ganesh is there and everybody's there and as she waits for the great man he and his friends pull up on horseback yeah right? chasing a bear and they're gonna catch that bear and as they leave town, the old woman who's got the beautiful girl that she wants to get rid of, or connected with, grabs out at the tail of the horse. Uh -huh. yeah. I paint reliefs, you say. And I make new reliefs, and I also have a repertoire. I have spent years painting the reliefs of Cambodia. Mm -hmm. I have spent years painting the reliefs of Myanmar. And so throughout this place, because there is a phenomenological reality to this emptiness and this space, is that as far 
As the mind can travel, so have traveled my paintings. And wherever they put them on the wall, they immediately start radiating. You don't have to plug them in, and you don't have to wait for the story to happen. Right, right. And all my paintings are alive. They're physically alive. So what you see when you look at the art, in this case, it rolls up for transport. Sure. So all the dripping walls of the stone cave it was painted on are resin mm -hmm. that had to be applied to the canvas by putting hundreds of strips of plaster on the wall, masking tape, and then dripped on top and then pulled off because they're all abstracted but they're all exactly in place so they will roll together. Yeah, yeah. Calculated creation of flexible space. And in this, right now, I'm getting ready to go down there and make the river flow over to the river and back to the river. And I'll get rid of the whole road that came in that built this thing. It'll be gone. And only this old road, see those trees over there? Those are teak trees. Mm -hmm. I'm building an old country road for bicycling on this property. Okay. So you walk down the country road from this old house over here. This is called the Osley. This is the original house. This is, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> since you've been here, the original since you've been here. Oh, no, 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 no. Was it before you? Oh, give me a break. I built it last month. Okay. You know. <laughs> huh? It's the original house because I called it the original house. Okay. You know? <laughs> <laughs> this one is called the bamboo house mm -hmm. because I made it out of bamboo. Yeah. Right? Over there, there's a little house right? because I made it little. Right. <laughs> but I give the things names so that Philip can learn to use Indonesian. Uh, so you give things because people have to learn Indonesian. It's a beautiful language and it's so easy to learn. It is. You should become an Indonesian movie star. <laughs> no, you should. They would eat it up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, no, they like Indian looking, da 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 da, da. Mm -hmm. Everybody keeps asking me, where's she from? Where's she from? Oh. I'm sure you get it all the time. I do. Yeah. yeah. Every place we've gone. But I mean, being from America, that's just so hot. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and of course, being from America is so much better right, than being in America. Yes. <laughs> yes. Is this a blue house? Yes. It's, no, it's a blue cube. Blue cube. Yes. And it is a class five star room. Oh, yeah? Yes. It has exquisite, all the furniture is of hand carved teak. It has um, very gracious proportions. Right? And, you know, the toilet's big enough to play basketball with two teams. <laughs> I mean, it's just, and of course you wake up, it's got a big round circle painted orange in the middle mm. of a glass thing, you know. 
and then you can climb upstairs, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's your office. That's a computer station yeah, where you can do your podcast from. <laughs> then there's another place where you can climb up to the top if you're if you're mentally unstable and plan to take over the world. Yeah. <laughs> and these stones, our district is called Pojapatu. Pocha means on the edge. On the edge. The edge. Pocha. Batu. Batu. Is rock. Okay. The rock on the edge. Yeah. These bays are the rocks on the edge. Yeah. All of the rocks in Bali flew out of the volcano. They hit the ground. 60 million years ago and then they went underground and then every time it rains the water moves them and they move closer and closer and closer to this coast and then they fall out on the beach all these rocks fell out and we went over there and we picked them up and we put them up here brought them back from the beach right. yeah yeah that dirt where they're sitting over there, that is 1,600 trucks of the best soil in Bali. Wow. It was a huge cavity in the ground. I filled it up and made it into a stash of pure, untouched, uncontaminated soil on which these people can live for centuries and centuries. Yeah. And it took about three months of constant trucks. It was so noisy. To fill that in. Yes. Now you see the government went down to that spring which is right up there and they stole the spring. They took the spring which people bathed in. They built a giant vat. Then they built huge pipes and they brought it up in those mountains back there where there's a beautiful forest. And that's where they will start building condominiums. Mm. Within a year, they will begin to move Jakarta. The greatest tumble up. 16 million people will be disengaged and thrown into Indonesia. It's going underwater. Is it? Yes. Yeah. Global warming is not some kind of joke. All right. These places are already underwater. Yeah, yeah. And that in this case, they will send everybody to these beautiful mountains where there's such great water. So what are they doing now? People sitting around going, oh yeah, well, we're part of the 12 million tourists they just asked to come over the weekend. Do you realize that they increased tourism to Bali so they could get rid of the Balinese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they could steal all their land. Because white people only sleep in places that Balinese would never sleep. So when all these hills are full, this will be the edge of the rocks. And because white people have a, a fascination with big rocks, because <laughs> right, they cost a fortune to have them all hand lifted up here sure. with big trucks sure. with big nylon ropes and stuff it's like moving a grand piano every one of these yeah. things it was very expensive 
and a lot of work, very dangerous, something you couldn't even go, you couldn't go anywhere near there. It's so dangerous to be by those rocks. Guys like, oh yeah, let's just take this really good farmland, which took them the last 1800 years to clear the rocks away, and let's just cover it with giant rocks again. <laughs> you know. Yeah. What was your inspiration for creating the art zoo? Statues out front and the whole, it's very eclectic and just, I mean, there's different things everywhere. Well, I have a lot of people moving through my places. And remember, the first art zoo was over in Wood. Okay. The first art zoo was in Wood. Was in, yeah, yeah. And that this art zoo is specifically because art colonies need people, but they do not need people to be clogged up. They have to keep moving. Yeah. And so, in fact, the concept of art zoo is to allow a lot of people to work, even artists, performers, um, every kind of promotional artist on, on, in the world has been here, but to keep them moving. Keep moving. Because everybody has to keep moving to cover the story. Sure, right? sure. And the thing about uh, art zoo, creating a space that's entertaining and funny uh, first of all, I couldn't afford full animatronics like Disney. <laughs> so, but I developed all of these resin people, which are very high value, high quality acrylic fiberglass sculptures. Mm -hmm. So, in fact, there's 18 people here okay. every day. It opens up, they're there. They're already there. One guy's standing here, one guy's over there. Well, that changes the place right away. Sure. Right? You know, this guy says to me, Sam, he's over by California, mm -hmm. Palm Desert. So I couldn't sleep a wink. I said, what's wrong? He said, so many people here all night. I said, you mean those people? He said, yeah, they're everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> they're here all the time. And, of course, I produce all the things I show. Sure. And so I have every kind of people all over, big Buddhas, all kinds of stuff all over the world waiting to be that generation of art. Mm. The difficult thing is, is that the people who you believe are trying to help you contact other people do not want you to contact anyone and they'll make sure that you don't contact anyone unless you pay them advertising. Apple destroyed any kind of communication factor that was going to happen. And so? Well, because you can't talk to anybody. You can only talk to Apple. Unless they go through Apple, yeah. Yeah. You can't call anybody. You can't make a coherent message because the person in this machine is not there to help you. Right. It's to break your mental categories into awkward chunks that are uncommunicable. Right. So no matter how many podcasts you do, no one will ever listen to one and know what you're talking about because they don't allow people to figure out what you're talking about. Okay. Otherwise, you'd already have hundreds of millions of people calling you up saying, oh, I need the podcast right away. What am I supposed to do next about detergents? 
<laughs> well, man, whatever you do, stop eating them. And that's the situation. Yeah, sure. Is that you are undeterred by the fact that you are not intelligent enough to figure out why your scam doesn't work. The people that are intelligent enough make sure that you don't find out why they're running those companies right? and you're free to just go bouncing around. Yeah. They're free to run those companies as long as the division of labor is the company gets all the money. You deplete your entire soul of any fraction of value and everybody else gets to walk around free until they get crushed by an automobile, which eventually everybody will be. Sure, sure. Here, the Balinese built magnificent crystal cities in the mountains, all the mountains. And then it took hundreds of years for the Dutch to get cars up there. Then they tore down the beautiful palaces and built garages. For the cars. And then the computers came and the people sold their cars to buy computers so there was nothing in the garages. So they all collapsed. And now it's ruins everywhere. Yeah. Progress. Progress. Now, your podcast is over. Well, I have a couple more questions, if I may. Tell me. <laughs> quickly. You talked about generation. And so I'm wondering if you have, you've given some good pieces of wisdom, but any advice for like a younger generation or, or a younger artist? Can you, can you give a piece Be of Be more interested in art and its actual existence than conversation. Isn't conversation part of it, though? It isn't. No. It isn't. Art is something you have to create. Okay. Conversation, even in its greatest format, is not art. Art has a functional both pivotal and balance. Right. You have to create the world around you. Like you looking, you see people in a, in a relief. That relief was discovered in 1920s. Mm -hmm. It's now almost gone. It will dissolve into space. But it pivots time. You realize, what, in the, in the 10th century, you mean people were we're waiting for the guide to deliver the water so that they could get the bottle of perfume so that they could go run out on the street and wait for the handsome guy to like maybe give him a look. Of course, everyone was interested in completely flighty, flaky stuff and they are today. Sure. Is that art has to be a pivotal acknowledgement of some kind. But how do you get art? Do you have any idea? No. Tell me, how do you get art? You make up fake stuff and then you bait it with color so it's pretty enough that brains climb out of their bodies just to rub with the green and the pink and the yellow. It is completely the senses awakening. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to get your senses awake for them to reply to all the rest of the things you're actually hooked up with. 
like your dreams, extrasensory perception, sex. So to enjoy life, you have to get yourself tuned up to a point that you can actually create devices, like somewhere to sit, right? somewhere to walk over to. Because of course, you don't want to end up being Adam and Eve bouncing around Eden when Eden isn't there. Right. Or as they say, Eden doesn't want you anymore. Eden kicked you out. That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's incredible treasures everywhere. I make my living as a reader, you see. Since I'm a little kid, I can tell where there's treasures. I'm a natural geomacer, but I also, I step out of cars, antique things just come out of the door, you know? Very crazy. Yeah. But all these things, these are all antiques. We see that sculpture there? Mm -hmm. A tree fell from the top of this cliff into the ocean. I hired three people to climb down. They cut the tree off. They polished it. They shaped it. And then they planted it in a cement core with metal so that it can stand up there. Yeah. It now is visible and it creates an atmosphere that's teak on the top, a teak world. This now has begun to accelerate value. Anything I touch immediately becomes 10 times more, 1,000 times more. Some of my paintings that are only a woman this big go for $30,000 because I touched it. Yeah. And it went to the right person who was willing to touch it also. That's the world that you have to find. You have to find the world where things are accelerating in your direction. And that is there somewhere. You were talking about the, the speculative value. Mm -hmm. So the speculative value versus the real value. You made that painting and the cost of the, the wood and the canvas and the paint to create it was nothing compared to what you could sell it for once you sign your name to it. No, except for the fact that, let me reveal one artistic secret called a rondelle. Rondelle. You know what a rondelle is? No, I don't think so. So when you twist something around and make a circle. Okay. That's a rondelle. Okay. In 15 years, if you were to make circles every day, you might be able to make the rondelles in that picture. All of my artwork depend on me being able to do physical things that other people cannot do. Right. right? right. That is made from circles that are one stroke, which means the color goes like this. It always, they work like little radial um, bumper stickers. Is art has a proof. Art is a thing. But only artists know it. Yeah. Which means there's a lot of really stupid people walking around is why I left Dubuque and why my apartments everywhere here have secret rooms in them where I can excuse myself in the midst of a conversation. I can go to you now. <laughs> <laughs> That's excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you for your time and chatting with us and allowing us to come in. and Check it out. I look forward to seeing some more of the sculpture work out front. And, finding and go on thing and look at the guy from Good Morning America. Look at the Simon interview that. It's, it's some cute stuff in there. Okay. I usually give one a month. 
somewhere on the planet. Yeah. Right? But uh, I'm much more backgroundy now. I prefer a much more showy trip, but creating Art Zoo and then taking the responsibility, this place is called Very Bali, because it actually has a greatest hits of buildings. Sure, yeah. Of the styles. And your yeah. artwork. A greatest hits of your artwork. Oh, oh yeah, it's got some great artwork. Yeah. And that, uh, that when you make really big things, it takes a lot of energy. Yeah? Yeah. So keeping on top of it means I don't want to mix with the public very much. I, I can't use very much of myself just playing games, but I had, you know, 70 years already sure. of having terrific games and plays everywhere. It's just all of everything within these two compounds will become registered businesses. So it'll be a whole new generation to fit all this. I bought all this. Do you have Do you have kids? Yes, but I gave them away to charitable organizations. <laughs> yeah. And the wives, too. And the wives. <laughs> Can, do you mind if I take your picture right here? Only one. Only one. Okay, I'll only take one. One. Oh, my neck's getting stiff. <laughs> well, cool. Well, thank you so much. The music for this episode of the podcast is a recording of traditional Balinese gamelan music made at the Bali Arts Festival in Denpasar, Bali. Thank you for listening to the Crave Magazine podcast. I am Jim Wills, your host and producer for this episode, and I am on a mission to bring art back to the world. With your help, we can make that happen, so please take a moment to leave a positive review for us on iTunes, and if you like what you heard, even more importantly, tell your friends. If there's something that we can do better, by all means, let us know, and if you are an artist or even just want to hear from a favorite artist, well, send us a message. We are putting this show out for all of us who love and appreciate the arts, so tell us how we can improve. Remember, always be good to one another, and of course, take time to feed your soul with art. Music